Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. And we are. We are getting. We are feeding on His words, not just the ideas of men, but on His words, His accounts. And that is nourishing up our spirits and our beings. We're getting stronger. Somebody say, I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. You know, the, the, the scripture said, let the weak say, I am strong. Well, that's faith agreeing with God uh, and instead of what you look and feel like and even calling those things that are not as though they were. And so if you're weak, what are you tempted to say? I just feel so weak, right? You're tempted to talk about, and you're not denying what's there, but if you want it to change, you got to say something different than how you feel. We're not just speaking to express our feelings or communicate. God changes things with his words. He creates with his words. And he told us, be imitators of God as dear children. Uh, Act like him. Do what he does. So everybody said out loud, I am strong. I I call my body strong. I call my my mind strong. I call my my soul strong. strong. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I can do all things, whatever I need to do, through Christ, who strengthens me. Hallelujah. And we can do that because greater is he that's in us than he that's against us in this world. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom with us. Let's, get, let's feed more today. Father, all of us. Agree together as touching this, asking for the unction and the anointing that teaches, guides, reminds, reveals, corrects, helps. We ask for it. And we open ourselves up to you and your spirit and your word. Give us answers for today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, please, in Hebrews, the third chapter, Hebrews chapter 3. Let's continue in our study that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. In Hebrews 3, he's talking about the first generation of Israelites that God delivered out of Egyptian bondage. And he said in verse 10, I was grieved with that generation. And I said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. Even though they had multiple opportunities, opportunities too, they didn't get to know God and how he works and how he functions. Now, 
If God's ways are truly unknowable and too far beyond our comprehension, it wouldn't be fair for God to be grieved with them because they didn't learn his ways, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, they didn't learn God's ways because they didn't want to. It was a choice. And that's why he said they do always err in their heart. They had multiple opportunities to go the right way to make the right choice, and they kept choosing error, erring, going the wrong way every time. Why is he talking to us about this? Because faith is a choice. Trust is a choice. Obeying God is a choice. He will not force you to do his will. He will not make us listen to him, believe in him, trust him, obey him. He won't do that. And so he said they, they displeased him. Verse 12, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Go with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10 talks about this as well. And of course, this is Corinthians and Hebrews is, is as New Testament as it gets, right? So, and yet he's talking to us about the Old Testament and what happened there. Don't neglect the Old Testament. Uh, the writers of the New Testament are continually referring to it, assuming you know something about it. If you don't, you'll be in the dark about half of what they're talking about. So uh, the Old Testament is the Word of God too. Somebody said, well, yeah, but you know, New Covenant now, none of that applies to us. That's not right. God has not changed. He's the same God in the Old Testament as he is today. He, he hadn't changed. Faith hasn't changed. Unbelief hasn't changed. Fear hasn't changed. What has changed is our access to God by what Jesus has done. But all of those things are the same. And 1 Corinthians 10, he said, Moreover, brethren, verse 1, I would not that you should be ignorant, how that our fathers were under the cloud, passed through the sea, baptized unto Moses in the cloud and the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food. They drank the same spiritual drink. Verse 5, But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. So that wandering around for 40 years in that dry, bleak desert was not pleasing to God. And what got them there was not pleasing to God. He, they were overthrown. That was not the plan. Not the plan. And so much of what is happening even in believers' lives today, is not the plan of God. And what's said is, is people are ignoring God, not even checking in with Him, not even asking Him and, and endeavoring to be led, uh, find His will or do it. And so they're just making their own plans, they're doing their own things, and they don't work, and they fail time and time again, and then people get mad at God because it didn't work. Now that's not being smart. Are y'all aware? That's, that's being pretty dumb. And uh, it's not God's fault when you don't listen to Him. How's it God's fault that you wouldn't do what He told you to do? <laughs> no, we really do have a free will. Uh, he goes on to say in verse uh, 11, Now all these things happen to them as examples 
Uh, let me read this to you again from the, uh, the Living Bible. It said, all these things happen to them as examples, as object lessons to us, to warn us against doing the same things. The message says, these are written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. It says, we're just as capable of messing it up as they were. Now, this is the New Testament telling us that what happened to them in the Old Testament could happen to us. Well, what do you mean? Well, I'm, I'm not back there, uh, you know, looking at the border of Canaan's land with the giants and the walled cities. Yeah, but they portray the same realities that we deal with today. And it's not the literal physical Canaan's land, but that represents all that Jesus has bought and paid for us, all the goodness he wants us to enjoy. But it's not automatic. So go back to Exodus again, the uh, 14th chapter. And let's continue seeing because what he had said, what the, what the Lord said by the time that they got to Kadesh Barnea in Numbers 14, is that 10 different times they had ref refused to trust him and believe him. And that, that's ultimately what led to them, it costing them Canaan's land that they didn't go in. They were robbed because of their own belief. Unbelief kept them out. And the first one we see was what happened at the Red Sea right after they left Egypt. They hadn't, it hadn't been that long, just a few days. And uh, the Lord told them. I mean, it's not like they, didn't, they weren't given a heads up. The Lord told them. He told Moses. Moses told them. Look, this is, this is not over. I'm paraphrasing. Pharaoh and his officers, they're going to decide, what did we do? Why did we let them go? Uh, let's go get them and show them a lesson and make them an example of anybody else. So they plan on killing a bunch of them, maybe half of them, I don't know, and taking everything they got and taking the rest of them back and putting them in hard bondage slavery again or worse. And so here they come with their hundreds and hundreds of chariots and their armed horsemen and their foot soldiers. And the Bible said in, in uh, Exodus 14, and what was it here, about verse uh, 10, when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. Now living in this world, you are going to have to deal with some things. Living by faith doesn't mean you will never have to use your faith. <laughs> that nothing will ever happen that you have to deal with. Um, the scripture says, the devil is going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Jesus said the thief doesn't come unless he's coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so uh, the greatest testimonies uh, that stick with you, that, that stand out, are uh, delivered deliverance out of the midst of it, rather than just deliverance from it. Now when uh, you remember uh, Daniel and his companions, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, 
when the king built his big statue and commanded everybody to fall down and worship, and they wouldn't. And so he threatened them, and they refused. And they were thrown into the midst of the fiery furnace. And he had them heat up the furnace hotter than it had ever been heated. It was so hot that it killed the soldiers that threw them in. But they're looking in there, and he said, what is going on here? The three men are walking around inside the furnace. And there's, another, there's somebody else in there with them. He looks like the son of God. <laughs> and they came out and there was not even a smell of smoke on them. No singe, no burn. Major miracle. And, uh, and yet we, we know uh, the, these stories are taught in what we call, you know, Sunday school of old and Bible school and that kind of thing. Our little ones learn it. That makes a greater impression on them rather than uh, the king changed his mind and said, okay, you don't have to fall down. Story's over. <laughs> then, then the little kids go, okay, how about a cookie? You know, it's just nothing. <laughs> what am I talking about? Deliverance from. It's great. It's easy on your flesh. But it's not the sign and wonder that deliverance out of the midst is. And we should desire that God get the most glory. Amen. Is that right? Yeah. Not just what's most comfortable for us, but what gives him the most glory. And that gave him the most glory. Well, here, it would have been so much more comfortable if Pharaoh, you know, they could have just prayed and said, you know, uh, Lord, you know, deal with Pharaoh not to come. <laughs> right? And so Pharaoh says, you know what, boys, scratch that. We're not going. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just stay here at the palace. But you and I wouldn't be talking about that. Right? It, wouldn't, that, that's not, it is deliverance. And thank God for it. And I'll take all of that I can get. But God's intent was that he get glory. He get glory in a way that you'd still be talking about centuries later. Right? And But it's very uncomfortable for your flesh. Now, the same, at the same time, how can my faith grow and develop? Well, I have to use it. And it's kind of like lifting weights. How can your muscles get stronger and bigger? Not by just putting no weight on the bar. Right? And he says, well, no, I only work out with the bar. No weight. No weight. <laughs> well, then your muscles will adapt to the bar, but no further. They'll get no bigger, no stronger. They have to be loaded. Right? Now, you don't just pile, you know, hundreds of pounds on at once. You put the, you know, the two and a half pound on. <laughs> right? Or the five pound on, you know. But if you keep doing that, and you can put a 10 on, you can put a 20 on, and you keep adding, well, can you see that, uh, you can see this with Abraham. You can see with this person after person after person, the Lord's leading them down a path, and they had to believe God for this, and that was at this level. 
Next thing you know, he said, okay, let's believe God up here. Huh? Can you see that? What's he doing? While you weren't looking, he put some more plates on the bar. <laughs> Is that right? And you go, man, this feels heavier. He said, come on, you can do it. Huh? What's your scripture? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then you get to the place where, man, you are looking at something big here. And everybody knows this is big, but the Lord knows you're ready for this if you're willing to trust him and make the right choice. And his plan is that we just go from grace to grace, from faith to faith, from glory to glory, to his glory. Come on, can you see this class? And so um, this is a significant part of the word of God. The splitting of the Red Sea, right? I mean, I can't imagine a Bible without it, <laughs> right? And, but was God's intent was to terrify his people and to have them fall apart and, and stress them beyond anything they could handle? No, no. They have seen. Sign and miracle after sign and miracle before they ever left Egypt. Ten major things. Here they are in a place their parents and grandparents couldn't even dream of being. They are free. They're healed. They got money. They're on their way to their own houses, properties. Come on, can you see this? Is it too much for God to ask? To show some faith, show some trust. The Lord says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not done. I, I, I want to show another miracle before we get out of here. Huh? You know, yeah, Pharaoh and his bunch, they think they're so big. They worship their false gods and all this. And they're going to make one more big pull here to show that Jehovah God ain't all he's cracked up to be. And he says, no, I'm going to finish this. And you're going to get to be a part of it. So when they saw, verse 10, when they saw Pharaoh coming after them, they lifted up their eyes. Everybody say their eyes. What do you do with your eyes? You see. You look. They lifted up their eyes. And behold, that means look, the Egyptians marched after them. Is that a terrifying sight? It is. Don't belittle this. It's easy to sit here in air-conditioned comfort, <laughs> right, <laughs> in, the, in the land of the free. <laughs> uh, but if you'd have been there, and you know who these people are, you were born into this. You talk about oppressors, you talk about hateful, you talk about killers, uh, you know from every natural standpoint, probably hundreds of thousands of people are about to die. Kids, babies, everybody. And you would be, the fear would hit you. It would hit you. But that's at the point where you make a choice. Class, are you all away? This is the point where you make a choice. Do I just look at that? Did they make the right choice? 
did they make right here? Did they make the right choice? Keep reading. They were sore afraid. They cried out. And then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Did they make the right choice? No. Why? Total fear. They're not doing anything to resist the fear. They're just letting it flow over them and through them, and they're yielding to it. Oh, child of God, this is such a tremendous lesson to learn. Just because you feel depressed doesn't mean you've got to be depressed. Just because you feel afraid doesn't mean you have to be afraid. These feelings, these thoughts, these impressions, they come to everybody that live down here. And depending on the situation, they can be, they can feel overwhelming. But what do you do? Come on, help me, Claire. What do, what do you do? You stand up on the inside and you said, no, no, my God has done too much for me. He has brought me too far. He's answered too many prayers. He's helped me too many times for me to buckle and wilt like this in front of this. No, my God who has brought me this far, he'll get me through this. He will get me through this. And you look up even through your tears, even through the feelings of panic and say, God, I trust you. And you start quoting scriptures and say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I what? I will fear no evil. I won't fear any evil. Why? Because you're with me. God is with me, your rod, your staff. Could they have done something different than what they did? Should they have? Did they have reason to trust God? Every reason to trust Him, no reason to doubt Him, but they went the wrong way. And you would think after seeing the results that happened here, maybe do better, they'd do better next time, but they didn't. Well, after seeing God come through, you know, 20 times, maybe you'd be more quicker. They weren't. That's what He's saying. They always made the wrong choice. They always erred in their heart. Why? Should you feel sorry for them? Poor pitiful them? They just didn't know any better? No, they knew better. They could have done better. They should have done better. Why couldn't they go in? Because of an evil heart of being unpersuadable. Couldn't, no matter what you told them. Couldn't persuade them. I'm not going to be like that. How about you? Somebody said, I refuse, I refuse to, be to be unbelieving, unpersuadable. I will, I will trust in the Lord my God. I will believe what he says and trust him to bring it to pass. Now, now you'll have to do it. I will have to do it in the face of contradictions. If there were no contradictions, how would it be faith? <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Because if you're believing to see what you see, no, faith is the evidence of things not seen. And faith even calls those things that are not as though they were. You've got to be willing to believe something different than what you see. It's a choice. Well, how can I do that? Based on what he said. See, the thought is, we're all going to die out here today. 
But there's another word. God said, no, I'm going to get glory out here today. Oh, come on. Can you see this class? They had a word. They had a word. Moses said to the people, fear ye not. Stand still and uh, see the salvation of the Lord. Say, say those words out loud. Fear not. Fear not. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. Say it again. Fear not. Be still. And see the salvation of the Lord. The, the Amplified Bible says it like this. The Lord will fight for you. This is verse 14. You only need to keep silent and remain calm. Do you see? That is, I think we've kind of separated the, the fear not from the rest of it. But no, this is progressive. Fear not. Be quiet. Why? What were they just saying? Why would you take us out of Egypt? You know, because there are no graves out there. We're going to die. What's he say? Hush. <laughs> is that right? Do you want to see a miracle today? Then stop fearing and be quiet. Come on, can you, can you hear this? Stop being afraid and be quiet. The, the Christian Standard Bible says, the Lord will fight for you. And you must be quiet. Quiet about what? About all this we're going to die out here stuff. You remember we looked at this uh, uh, last week in, in Luke where that when they, they sent, brought back word that Jairus' daughter had died to him. And the Lord looked at him. And what did he say? Don't be afraid. Fear not. Only believe. And she'll be made whole. Hallelujah. We haven't paid enough attention to the fear not part. Why? Because if you don't stop the fear and the talking, the unbelief, and we're all going to die, you won't get the miracle. It won't happen anyway. That's part of getting the miracle. Fear not, believe only. Fearing a little bit, believing a little bit, fearing a little bit, that's wavering. Come on, can you see that? You got to make a choice, and you got to make a stand. That's what Moses was saying. Stop the fear and be quiet. Calm down. Trust God. Watch Him work for you today. Hallelujah. Speak to, your, speak to your own soul and say, stop being afraid. Be at peace. Be quiet. Calm down. Rest in your God. Trust in your God. And see the salvation of the Lord. In other words, expect a miracle. Hallelujah. Quit being afraid. Calm down. Expect a miracle. Hallelujah. 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 And our time's up again. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith. Giving glory to God. We'll see you next time back here at Faith School. I've got the victory living in
Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.